With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. (laughs) Hour two on this Meat Friday. In case you're wondering, and I know you are, living vicariously through our taste buds, the Traeger Grills fired up this morning. Buffalo wings, white chicken chili, mozzarella sticks, mozzarella sticks. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. We're a Danette down, but morale is high because Paulie is not here today. We hope he's uh, feeling better, but uh, Fritzy is in a great mood today. It's Friday, Fritzy. Well, we have some vacation time coming Yeah, that's up. true. Vacation. We got great food in a couple hours. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on. Yes, yes. Morale is high. So Marvin's here. Fritzy's here. Seton, yours truly. More phone calls coming up. Poll question from hour one. And what are we going with with our two? It's funny because Todd actually submitted very early this morning a couple of poll questions. One of them was, why does everyone seem so happy and relaxed today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the choices were, we've got donuts to cleanse the palate, followed by chili and wings and mozzarella sticks. Second choice was, we're on vacation all next week. And the third choice was, other. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because I'm not putting anything down in writing. So no. whatever you want to put <laughs> That email goes out to a lot of people. That does. Yeah, including one person in uh, particular there. Uh, if you could only go to one this weekend, this is a poll question from our one. If you could only go to one this weekend, Genesis Invitational, NBA All-Star Weekend, or Daytona 500, mm-hmm. 46% have Genesis. How about that? Oh, because Tiger's playing well. Yeah, followed by uh, Daytona 500 and NBA All-Star Weekend, just 21% of the vote. Tiger uh, shot a 69 first round, and I, I got to see a lot of his round. Uh, I saw some of it live, then I saw it on tape delay. But he comes up 18. He outdrives Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. So Rory's one of the top three longest drivers on tour, and Tiger outdrives everybody. And then uh, they all three birdie the 18th hole. But there's nobody like him. There's still nobody like him in that sport. Now, you can go back to Arnie's Army, where you, you had that, you know, that draw, that magnetism. But, you know, Jack wasn't as much of a fan favorite. Uh, they rooted for Arnie. Jack was just a better golfer. But Tiger, you still look at people who want to get out there and, and get a gl- glimpse of him playing well. And, and I always wished for people who didn't get a chance to see him in his prime when he was dominating, that you would get a chance to see a glimpse of greatness. Now, he doesn't have 
that flair that he once had as far as swinging you know, from his shoes. Uh, but he still, he has those moments where you go, he still has it. Even at his age with everything he's gone through. And here he is limping with, you know, a leg that we thought he might lose going against two of the young stars in the game. Rory's the best player, one of the best players in the game. Justin Thomas has won a couple of majors. And Tiger's going toe-to-toe with those guys. It was fun to see. Great crowds uh, at, at one of my favorite golf courses, Riviera. Some golf courses look easier when you watch them on TV. Some courses look a little bit tougher. You know, if you play TPC and you have the Island Green, the 17th, it's intimidating. And having played that, where you're walking up the uh, 16th and the par 5, I believe, and you can't help but you start looking over at the Island Green. You just do. When you play Augusta, when you play the 11th, all you do is you get up towards the green, you can't help but start looking at the 12th green, the par 3 12th at Augusta. You, you get into your own head. But the one thing about, like, Pebble Beach, Pebble Beach can be really difficult depending on the weather, but the you know scenery is so spectacular. You can have a bad round but not a bad day. The same with Augusta. Like, nobody who plays it can go, nah, that was not a fun day. It's still, you're playing Augusta, you might have a bad score. But there's certain golf courses. And Riviera is tricky because it's Riviera, it's Los Angeles, Pacific Palisades, it's beautiful. Celebrities you know, live all around uh, the golf course there. But it, it, it took away my lunch, man, and my, my dinner. I get roughed me up. I got, I got roughed up at Riviera. That's a long list of people probably because it's very, very deceiving. But watching yesterday, watching Tiger play, having a couple of those moments, it's just, it's fun. And I hope he gets an opportunity. You know, I don't know if he plays after this and he waits for the Masters, but, and I hope he makes the cut. But you can see where there's still that, I don't know if you ever get tired of hearing that roar. Or maybe you, you think you're getting tired of it, then you miss it, and then you hear it again, and you're like, oh, my gosh. There's no feeling like that. Yeah, more. Tiger seems a little, um, I guess, softer is the word. Do you see, have you seen guys, you know, who are, you know, known as, like, you know, hard guys, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, as they get older and as they see the end of their career and they kind of, you know, become more reflective about their career and seeing it come to an end? Yeah, I think, well, Tiger almost saw his life come to an end. I think Tiger, I think Tiger's finally savoring this and enjoying this, where you get locked in and and, and it, remember how many times it, would it be Tiger versus the field, the pressure every single tournament that he was in. Here's Tiger talking about his first round yesterday. It was nice that uh, I had this unbelievable pairing, two great guys, two great friends, and the atmosphere was fantastic. The, the people were obviously very supportive. They were just cheering all of us on, which was great. And uh, it just made this whole this tournament better. And uh, I happened to actually hit some some good shots finally and um, made a couple of putts. And uh, even though I had a little mishap at, at 10, I was able to fight back and kind of get it going. And it was a nice finish. The odds, according to DraftKings, to win the tournament, uh, Tiger's odds right now, long odds to win, but to finish in the top 20 is uh, plus uh, 230. John Rahm to win it all is plus 300, then Max Homa, then Rory, Colin Morikawa, Keith Mitchell, and then Justin Thomas. Yes, Eaton? 
You were talking before about how Tiger might miss the roar of the crowd, um, which I think any athlete would, would miss the sound of that, right, fans? But he has something called the Tiger Roar, which Yo. that's his own yes. type of roar that was different than any other golfer was experiencing, right? If you go to Augusta, and, and I tell people, if you can't even go for a practice round, but go and just you can hear the crowd roar. And there's certain roars. I remember hearing a roar, and I was on the second green, above the second green, and somebody had a hole-in-one at 16. And I'm, I'm standing next to somebody who goes there every year, and he goes, oh, that's a hole-in-one uh, roar. I go, really? He goes, oh, yeah, you can tell. And, and so you could hear different roars. And then you heard one roar, and the guy next to me goes, Tiger. And I went, oh, boy. <laughs> so if you're playing golf and you hear those, then you're thinking, oh, God, what's he doing? And then, and then if you're the guy that that's named after, that only you can cause that roar, how do you walk away from that? I know. Yeah, that must just be incredibly difficult. The beautiful game is back on Peacock. Experience this season of the Premier League and uh, streaming home in the United States. 180 exclusive matches, plus full replays, extended highlights, and more. You can watch on Peacock, our streaming partner. Download the app. You can watch this show for free and our radio affiliates around the country. The poll question we're going with in hour two is going to be what, Seton? Uh, I was going to throw up there, which contest would you rather win, uh, three-point okay. or slam dunk? Okay. okay. Um, in my earlier days, I would say the slam dunk. Because in my earlier days, I thought I could win the three-point shooting contest. <laughs> like, I can shoot? Okay. I will say this. Tim Legler, who won the three-point shooting contest when he was with the uh, Bullets or the Wizards, and uh, we were at NBA Finals one year, and he was he's an analyst there at the Mothership. And he s saw me shoot, and I was with Greg Anthony. And Greg Anthony wasn't a great deep shooter. You know, he's a 15-footer. And I said, Greg, you can't, you can't outshoot me from three-point range. You can't. Legler goes, I'll shoot you left-handed. I'm like, damn, don't say that out loud. Yeah, come on, dude. He goes, I could beat you left-handed. <laughs> and I go, ah, that, uh, that one hurt a little bit. We didn't do it because I thought there's no way I had more to lose. There's no way I'm going to let Tim Legler beat me left-handed shooting threes. But maybe he could have. Uh, Nathan in L.A. joins us. Good morning, Nathan. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan, good to talk to you guys again. So I wanted to know saw the trailer ad during the Super Bowl for the movie Air coming out this spring. It's a, did you get to see this movie? I did, you, I did not, but I'm familiar with it. It's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, who were, uh, I guess, right. the executive they're, producers. They're, they're, they're dramatizing the story of Sonny Vaccaro. Yeah who was the lead uh, salesman pursuing Nike, pursuing Jordan for the yeah. benefit of Nike. Yeah. I'm curious as to your, number one, familiarity with the story, interest in seeing this story dramatized, and how significant is this deal as far as how it changed the landscape of marketing, sports marketing, endorsement? Oh, it, it changed everything for athletes. And... You know, Mike has become more famous for his shoe than his basketball career, and that's saying an awful lot. But, yeah, well, I'm very familiar with Sonny Vaccaro. Uh, he and his wife, Pam, were dear friends for a long, long time, worked together, um, you know, very knowledgeable, 
helped me out with a lot of things with college basketball information-wise, set me straight on certain things, went to the basketball camp that he ran, and uh, ABCD camp, went to that. And, uh, you know, Sonny Vaccaro signing Mike. But I think if if, if memory serves me correctly, Michael didn't even want to go on the trip to Nike. He didn't want to go to uh, Oregon. And his mom is the one who said, no, you're going to get on that plane and go there. We might have had, you know, somebody else who came in and, and was Air Jordan instead of Mike. Air Bowie. Air Sam Bowie. Has a ring. But if you had Mike wearing Adidas, you know, maybe he would have stayed with Adidas and somebody else would have come in and Nike would have said, you're going to be our spokesperson. But I think Mike's mom... Dolores said, you're going to go. You promise you're going to go, and you're going to go, and then that, that changed everything. Yes, he. So I'm a little young to remember this part of the story, but when that first Jordan sneaker came out, was it a sure thing that, uh, you know, like that Michael, Michael hadn't won the MVPs yet. He hadn't really, I don't know if he had really taken off yet, maybe, or. He had won a couple of scoring titles, I think. Um, but he got hurt in his second year and then came back in his second year. I don't think they wanted him to play because he broke his foot. But I remember, and then Michael was on Letterman, and he he unveiled the shoe or talked about the shoe, and I remember Dave joking with him. Uh, it, it was something like, uh, you know, it's it's red and black, there's no white. And then Mike said, yeah, just like the NBA. Or uh, Letterman said, oh, just like the NBA. I think that was the joke there. But I, I remember Michael selling his shoe on Letterman, and I just thought that that was unique. And it wasn't a sure thing that this was going to be, you know, that they were in the process of creating the, one of the most iconic brands of all time. No, because you still had to have the logo there, the Jumpman logo. Mm-hmm. And Mike, uh, with the way he played, then he started winning. And, you know, then everybody, then you had the campaign, you want to be like Mike. Uh, Which probably has just as much to do with selling shoes as anything, even though that was uh, a McDonald's ad. Yeah. that Just that, if I could be like Mike thing, probably sold more shoes than a lot of them. And then you had Spike Lee, who did the commercial. Yeah. Morris Blackman. Yeah. That was big, too. It just, it, it, it felt like everything they did was really well done. And then Mike held his end of the bargain by being a great basketball player. Mm. Yeah, Marv. The uh, first Air Jordan was released April 1st, 1985. So uh, what the end of, end of his rookie season. Oh, it was. It was, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it yep. was two years in. And I th- there was some pushback from people. Uh, there's a whole thing I saw, like, a, there's, you know, there's a million Michael Jordan documentaries. And there was a thing he wore, like, all of his, like, Air Jordan gear to, like, the 85 All-Star game, and he had the chains on. And people were like, who the bleep is this guy? <laughs> and then they said, that may have something to do with the freeze out, oh, quote, unquote. Yeah, well, and then it went, yeah, that's opened up a whole other can of worms. Sorry, that's, DP, go ahead. That's right. Yeah, Mike got uh, frozen out there. They're like, uh, that was Zeke, Isaiah, right? Everyone sharing a Converse whoa, whoa, uh, commercial. Whoa, whoa, No, no, no. Everyone sharing. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Oh, hey, what's up, DP? Hey, Mar- hey, sorry. Hey. How are you? <laughs> There's no Paulie to reel me no, in. Sorry, guys. No, no. Paulie's not going to yell at you there. 
Yeah, that it, it's. I, I'm interested. It's weird. There, if you would have said, "Hey, Moneyball, we're going to do a movie about uh, the economical ways of uh, Billy Bean and the Oakland A's, the front office," and I went, "Yeah, I don't think so." And then all of a sudden, you know, Brad Pitt was in it, and Jonah Hill was in it. What uh, Chris Evans was he? Scott Hatterberg is that? Uh, is that the guy? Uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah, yep. Chris Pratt. And then you watched it, and you go, "They they did it. They they got it. Got it right." There's certain times when you go, "They're going to make a movie on that," and then you watch it, and you go, "I'll be damned." All for AL West Championship. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I okay. I did have a problem because I had to suspend any kind of belief because I kind of just going to want. Okay, this is this Brad Pitt's doing a good job, even though he, I don't think he knows much baseball. All right. Jonah Hill was great. I thought, okay. And then I thought, uh, are they going to mention the pitching staff that they had? <laughs> they had Barry Zito, Mark Mulder, and uh, Tim Hudson. And you had Jason Isringhausen in the bullpen. I go, uh, that's why you're winning. Not because, hey, we're going to take a walk. And uh, we're going to get guys who are really good at uh, taking pitches here. You had an unbelievable pitching staff. And actually, they underachieved. If you look at what that pitching staff... They they were they were supposed to be the next Atlanta Braves. Yes, Ton. I agree with you. Thank you, Ton. You're welcome. We'll take a break. Uh, we're going to check in with uh, Brian Windhorse. He's going to join us from the All Star festivities. Al Michaels will join us in an hour from now as we reminisce about the uh, legendary career Tim McCarver passed away yesterday. We're back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. We invite you to check out their NFT marketplace at paniniamerica.net slash blockchain. One-of-a-kind digital cards. Available in packs or at Panini's public auctions on the site. Hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats featuring the official products from the NFL, NBA, UFC, FIFA World Cup, and collegiate sports. You uh, can share your cards in the public gallery, complete challenges, earn exclusive award cards, and more. Panini's NFTs, the place to be for the stretch run of the NBA season. Keep an eye out for the Panini NFT platform. Unique, one-of-a-kind VIP experiences that NFT holders will have access to on the field or backstage at UFC. Panini NFT trading cards giving you the opportunity to pull autograph cards and memorabilia cards. Rare inserts, even one-of-one NFTs from every pack. PaniniAmerica.net slash blockchain, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. 
You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories. For 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, unlock your potential. You can do your own thing, be your own boss, or live out your own dreams. Capable and versatile, a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter can help drive your ambitions as far as you want them to take you. Brian Winhorst, ESPN senior NBA writer, kind enough to join us. We have All-Star Weekend festivities. Let me ask you about a couple of things here. The uh, Russell Westbrook situation of who wants him or does anybody want him and uh, the contract status that he would bring with him. Well, clearly we have a number of players who have already executed buyouts and are already playing with their new teams. So if somebody wanted him, he'd be on a roster. Now, I would just say that it's February, whatever, it's mid-February. We have a long time between now and when uh, the deadline would be to be added to a roster. So he has time. There could be an injury somewhere else. But, um, you know, typically in a buyout situation, you're looking for a guy to plug a role, to fill a limited role in most cases. And that's not been the MO that Westbrook has portrayed. I, I do think he'll play in the NBA again. But it's just not that simple. So um, I don't exactly know why the Jazz haven't bought him out. I suspect it's because he doesn't want to sit out there on the market without a job. Uh, but it's really a simple negotiation. They'll reduce his salary by what he could sign for. 
and he moves on with his life. It's it's not it's not the, it's not the Jazz choice at this point. I believe it's Russell. What about Kevin Love's situation? This one is a little bit more complicated, especially for a guy who's been in a place almost a decade, won a title there. Um, you don't see guys like this get bought out. Number one, guys who are still, you know, players who can contribute to a playoff team. You just don't see it. Secondly, the Cavs let him go and just let him go wherever he wants. Like Miami is one of the teams that could could get him, Dan. And, and Miami has actually had a lot of success against Cleveland this year. And that could be a first round of, uh, series. The last thing you want if you're the Cavs is to have Kevin Love. You're paying him $30 million, by the way, this year. He comes in and hits two three-pointers in game four against you. It's not a good look. So there might be some negotiation on where he goes there. But it's an interesting situation because this is a guy who has a long history with that organization, has gone through thick and thin, has been on the trade block a dozen times, and they've kept him. And now it's going to end quietly because basically the Cavs – don't need him right now. They've um, they haven't played him for the last twelve games, and they've looked really good during it. And so I think he went to the team and was like, "Is there any chance you're going to play me anytime soon?" I'm like, well, no, but maybe there'll be an injury or something, and he he wanted out. So it was a situation to monitor. But I'm still kind of surprised that after all of this, that Kevin Love is going to end his time with the Cavs. Probably a guy who deserves his number retired there. To be honest with you, in a sort of middle of the night buyout during All Star break. What about the Lakers? Reuniting with LeBron, could you see Kevin fit into whatever they're doing? I think the Lakers are definitely kicking the tires there and looking. Uh, I don't think it's the best fit for him. I think uh, I certainly Miami would be a good fit because they need size and shooting. I don't know if the Cavs are going to allow that as part of the buyout. That's part of what I think is under discussion. The team that I think is more might be more interesting is Phoenix. Um, because James Jones uh, was Kevin's teammate. They have a good relationship. They have an open roster spot. But I watched the Suns play last night. They played against the Clippers, and Monty Williams played like 11 or 12 players, and after the game said, I can't even play this many, and that's before Kevin Durant comes back. So I wonder if there's even room. I mean, there's room on the roster, but I wonder if there's room to play him. So um, he may take a little bit of time, um, but the LeBron thing is interesting. You know, it's kind of funny, Dan. LeBron played in Cleveland a few weeks, uh, I don't know, it was like over a month ago. And before the game, he was all hugs with Kevin. Uh, Kevin got married last summer. LeBron was at his wedding. There's great affinity there, even though they had a, you know, up and down time as teammates. And it was just like, they're best of friends. And then the game started and LeBron <laughs> relentlessly attacked him on the court. Just, just, just. Went for his throat on defense. <laughs> yeah. And the Cavs had to pull him out of the game. And that is actually kind of the reason why they just had to stop playing him because he's not shooting well enough anymore to justify him, his defense. And so, like, I'm sure LeBron wants him, but at the same time, LeBron knows what Kevin Love is at this point in his career. You've covered LeBron since he was in high school, and here he is, the all-time leading scorer. It, it's rare when somebody uh, – moves past all of the hype around them. And I don't know of another athlete who had more hype going into being a professional than LeBron did. How would you capsulize this of LeBron from high school to LeBron, the all-time leading scorer? Well, being there last week, was it last week? It feels longer ago. Being there last week, I had, I'll, I'll take two things away from that night. One, um, he brought everybody from his life into that game. Um, I know enough to never predict. Uh, I know enough to be able to say, I don't know what's going to happen in the NBA. Having said that, 
I would have gambled on LeBron making the 36 points that night because everybody was there. And so to see all of those people from his really before he was even a teenager, you know, he had the family of Frankie and Pam Walker who took him in when he was fifth grade. LeBron missed 100 days of school as a fourth grader. Fifth grade had perfect attendance, completely changed his life. The discipline, the punctuality, you want to piss LeBron off, be late to something. All of that came from that family, and they were there. Just as important it was, was to have his mother there, just as important as it was to have his family there. So that seeing all those people there for the total circle journey from when he started to, to, to then, because even going back to his first game as a pro, he was petrified and kind of alone. It was out in Sacramento. It, it, it was sort of a, a weird feeling. He, wasn't, he didn't feel great with that team. That wasn't the memory. The memory was more even before that. The second thing is in the postgame locker room with him and his, his two sons, particularly uh, Bronny, I mean, I remember when Bronny would come into, he didn't come in a lot, but he would come into locker rooms when LeBron was in Cleveland and he would go around to the, the ice buckets where guys used to, uh, you know, they still do, you know, ice their feet. And he would pick the ice up and start throwing it across the room. And LeBron would be over there putting on his suit back when guys wore suits. And he'd be tightening his tie and he'd scream over at it, Bronny, Bronny, <laughs> you know, he would like, you know, you know, scold them. And now here they are, uh, you know, he's really probably two years away from being in the NBA. He's having a spectacular senior season. Uh, six months ago, I wouldn't have said I thought he was for sure going to be an NBA player. I now feel like he will be. Okay. And so that circle again of just is a reminder of how long this journey has been is that he used to scold this kid to not play around, and now he practically could put on a uniform and fit in that locker room. We're talking to Brian Windhorst of the Mothership, senior NBA writer. I'm still trying to figure out this Anthony Davis situation with the Lakers because it 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 feels uneven, like there's something there. And go back to the night that he broke the scoring record where I think Anthony Davis was sitting down and said, hey, we were losing, and I was frustrated. And my thought is, well, you've been losing all season long, so that wasn't something new to you in that moment. So what am, what am I missing with Anthony Davis here? I don't – that explanation was hard to accept in that moment. Um, I don't care if you were 0-40. That's a celebration of 20 years of your teammate. And even if you were annoyed about something, even if you were annoyed at LeBron, you certainly wouldn't act that way. So that was a very strange thing. I can't explain that. Um I do think that, you know, Patrick Beverly came out after he was traded and then released and indicated that there was something else besides the basketball that was causing problems with the Lakers. My response to that was, well, it was also the basketball because they, they were very poorly uh, you know, a put together team before the trades. Um, but it does lead you to wonder what's going on there. I wish I could say, oh, yeah, Dan, I know exactly what it is, and it's these three things. Um, I do think that there's something amiss there. But I also think that NBA seasons are very long and very restorative. And so they've got 22, 23 games left. I know they're in 13th place. It's actually kind of laughable that we spend as much time as we do talking about a team in 13th place. But at the same time, I also can't look at you and say it's impossible that they couldn't squeeze in to the main playoffs. I think they'll probably end up in the play-in. And so while I admit that there might be something amiss there, I don't think Anthony Davis wants to not be a Laker. I, my understanding is he's still 100% bought into that. And whatever issues there are, there is still time to salvage something out of this season. And so I think those are two things to keep in mind as we try to figure that out. You know, Brian, 
you uh, answered your own question. It's the Lakers, just like we covered the Cowboys. Like, your network loves the Cowboys. How can we get the Cowboys into every single show? How do we get the <laughs> I I've been there in those rundown meetings where they go, uh, hey, can we, can we work this into the show? And almost ever on a daily basis there. So that's always going to be the fascination. Wherever LeBron goes, he's going to be in the, in the mix, and the Cowboys are always going to be in the mix. Yeah, just know that I fight the good fight okay. in the production meetings, and I and I bring up, you know, hey, you know, the Timberwolves have been playing pretty good recently. And I go, yeah, about the. Yeah. Well, I can't figure How's out. How's LeBron done you know, against the Timberwolves? Let's look at his stats right. against the Timberwolves. What What I'm always amazed by is that, like, we do we like do Lakers coverage at you know seven and eight in the morning Eastern. I'm like that. All their fans are still asleep. <laughs> uh, Kevin Durant now with another team. He's 34. I, I'm just wondering if how is history going to treat Kevin Durant when it's all said and done? Yeah, I mean, you'd actually be a really good person to say that because your perspective over the long haul, uh, your voice, you know, contributes to that. Um, I am somebody who has inc- inc- incredible admiration for Durant's uh, abilities and, and the way he's recovered from injuries. And I will always appreciate what Durant did at the 2020 Olympics for actually played in 2021. He's coming off an Achilles injury, really probably should not have been, should not have been playing. Went over to Tokyo, and I'm telling you, I don't know how many people remember those Olympics because you know it was a weird part of the schedule. The NBA season was like had just ended, and they were doing the draft and free agency like while they were playing. Durant saved USA's backside. He, I mean, Popovich did some moves. Um, you know, Drew Holiday and Devin Booker flew over right from the finals, but they were going to lose a couple of those games, and Durant just absolutely carried the U.S. to the gold medal. Um, it is as much of an accomplishment as has happened in in uh, Team USA basketball in the history of the program. I don't think he just gets the proper credit for it. And I also am a very big believer that the Warriors don't win those two those two finals without him. The 2017 Cavs team, the, the first one that they won, they won that series 4-1. That 2017 Cavs team was loaded. They were awesome. That was when Kyrie and LeBron were at their peak playing together. The Cavs had made some additions to that team and um, got some three-point shooting. They went 12-1 and through the East playoffs. Now, I will not defend that the East was exactly that deep that year, but that team was awesome. They don't beat that team without Durant. And the concept to me that Durant was a, you know, a, 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 you know, a riding in the back of the bus to use Charles Barkley's, with all due respect, I just don't think that's true. I think, I think Durant was sitting uh, shotgun with uh, Steph Curry, and the, he won. They won the next year. The next year, the Kyrie had been traded, and that wasn't the same. But then in 2019, the Warriors lost because Durant got hurt. You know, like I think that case is better if they go up against you know, Supreme Kawhi Leonard in 2019, and then they you know, they rolled over the Raptors 4-1. But excuse me, my good friends, <laughs> they lost Durant, and they, and they fell apart. They couldn't win. So, like, to me, I don't think his legacy needs an iota. But I know that he feels that pressure. And, in, and frankly, people keep calling about how it's a, it's, a, it's a tragedy, a basketball tragedy. I got to qualify the basketball tragedy that those Nets never played together. Well, it's a tragedy that Kevin Durant lost, you know, three years of his career and chances other titles messing around with a guy who wasn't serious about it. You know, Kyrie undercut that team and then the Harden thing, Harden bears some responsibility. Um, but 
he those are three prime years that he could have stayed in Golden State and won some more. And now here he is in his mid thirties, sort of thrashing around again, trying to figure out you know a foothold. And that's just not fair to him. That's not he's a, he he deserves much better than that. And he made the choice to get it into that uh, marriage, that basketball marriage with Kyrie. So he has to to accept that. And that, that was a very risky decision he didn't need to make. But he doesn't deserve the way he's been treated, in my opinion. And he's going to end up with, what, 35,000 points maybe when it's all said and done? I'm, I'm guessing. And he could have just stayed in Oklahoma City and probably been in a foot race with LeBron for that record. He He's chosen to give up the opportunity to score, although the injuries probably would have held him back. What's LeBron going to end up with? 45,000? I mean, yeah. he, well, he's, he's easily going over 40. Uh he wants to play with his son. And I'm telling you, Dan, Bronny is good. Like, I'm not saying he's headed for being an all-star, but his development the last year has been terrific. And but how do they facilitate this, Brian? That everybody knows LeBron wants to play with Bronny, so our team's going to draft Bronny to keep him from LeBron, or maybe LeBron wants to join another team. Well, that's actually fascinating. I actually think it's gotten more complicated because if you if we'd have had this discussion last summer, I'd have told you, well, he's not going to get drafted, yeah, and so they'll just sign him. They'll just you know just sign him as a free agent, and it won't be a problem. And that maybe even LeBron pulling him out of college after a year might not even be fair to him. But I'm telling you, I don't want to give away like our our talent evaluators who who do our mock drafts, specifically Jonathan Gavoni. Yeah. I trust him implicitly. This guy's been doing it for 20 years. He is. He has told me where he thinks Bronny is going to go in the 2024 draft. And I don't, it's not a guarantee that LeBron's going to be able to get him. So I actually think his improvement has maybe made it more difficult. Wait, do you see a first round play. grade? I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, you know, I know Gavoni is going to come out with it soon, but I'm okay. just saying that like, it's, it's not going to be, from what I understand and from what I, from what I am told by people who try, you know, I don't trust my own eyes. I'm not a basketball talent evaluator. I would say watching him from age 15 to age 18, his physical development has been breathtaking. Of course, that's what every teenager. Um, but I will say this. This was not. This is not going to be a nepotism situation, I don't believe. I think he's going to be you – know, I'm not saying he's going to – again, I'm not saying he's going to be a top three pick, but I think he, he's, he's going to earn his way into the NBA on his own well, if he continues developing on this path. Always great to uh, talk to you, Brian. Thank you for making us Have smarter. Have a great weekend. Yeah, man. you too, buddy. That's Brian Winhorst of The Mothership, ESPN senior NBA writer. Yeah, I think we're looking at a first-round grade for Bronny. And I've watched him, and um, I wasn't impressed the first couple of years that I saw him. But I'm also bring, you know, I'm factoring into the equation that's LeBron's son. If you said, hey, watch this kid, what do you think? And I'd say, oh, okay, he can be a good college basketball player. If I say that's LeBron's son, I go, hmm, okay. Yes, he... And, I mean, right, you, you take into consideration that it's LeBron's son mm. and just sort of the, the natural development of a player between 16, 17, 18 years old when they're really focused on doing something like this, it makes sense that he could make a huge leap in the past year. Yeah, I think he's going to get a first-round grade. So now that makes it tricky. If LeBron... And I think LeBron has adjusted his stance on this. He's like, well, if we can't play together, I'll play against him because that might be the situation. We'll take a break. We're back after this.
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray, depression, depression, anxiety so now i'm coming out with a new podcast unbreakable a mental health podcast with jay glazer where each week while we talk about mental health i hope to describe it give it words listen to unbreakable with jay glazer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts all right everybody game off let's pause here to talk more about monopoly go i know what you're saying flag on the play you've already talked about that but there's just so much more good stuff in this game In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or, I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Never saw him in concert. Only saw him at the Super Bowl. And that was spectacular. Yes, Marv. Man, I had a chance to see him at Mohegan Sun. Yeah. And this was right before I was about to get married. And 
look, funds were kind of low and we were saving up. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, somebody I knew had tickets, lower level seats. He said, look, give me $100. I said, $100? I said, I'm in. My wife was like, no, 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 we got to you know, save up for the wedding. She said, I promise when he comes back to New York mm-hmm. or anywhere around the East Coast on his next tour, yep. you can go see him. I said, I was with her. I was like, all right, cool, because we don't have $100 to give away to go see a concert. Boom. Two years later, yeah, he dies. She's still like Marvin. I'm Marvin. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. Wait, I was did like, did yeah. she speak that way to you? She speaks like Robin Williams' brother and uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Marvin, I, uh, Marvin, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't. Okay, maybe she doesn't, but in my in my story, she does. Marvin, I'm so sorry. Okay. Yes. Miss Doubtfire is more like Marvin. I'm so sorry, dear. I'm so sorry. We didn't let you go to the concert, beloved. Like, babe, that's okay. Uh, you don't have to do that. I told her it was all right. The the brother, whoever the brother's name was, Robin Williams' brother in the movie. Oh yeah. Marvin, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm that's really, right, that dude. Yeah. Yes, I'm so birdcage. I'm, I'm perturbed. Uh, Nathan Lane. Was no, that? it's the other guy. Oh. He had a goatee. Oh, uh, Harvey. Harvey. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, I don't want to get his last name not, wrong. No, that's all, yes. It's not that one. It's not that. Harvey. Firestein? Firestein. 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 Yeah, that's the guy uh, you're talking Harvey, about. Harvey Firestein <laughs> yes. had a voice like that. Yes. I'm verklempt. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. He did the makeup in, in Mrs. Doubtfire. 100% right. Yes, Todd. What? Who was the voice of it from Throw Mama from the Train? Aaron doesn't have a friend. I, was just I don't know. You was. were doing the voice. I figured you would know. Who it was. Why? Why didn't? That's the lady from driven. Goonies. Aaron yeah. doesn't have any friends. Yeah. Why? Why didn't you Google her name? I probably should. And then you did the. It just popped in my head when we were doing like old people voices. A very sneaky, fun movie, with Billy Crystal. Throw Mama from the Train. And Ramsey. What mm. a legend. Mama Fratelli. Yeah. Okay. Owen doesn't have a friend. He tried to kill me. (laughs) Owen doesn't have any friends. Mike in California. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. So I heard you talking about Genesis. Uh, I went yesterday, and it was was insane. We were uh, following Jason Day, first half of the day. Dan, as you know, the course, I was on hole six furthest away from the clubhouse as you could be on the course, you knew Tiger walked in the building. He walked out of the clubhouse to the driving range and the ground shook. It was so loud because Tiger got out there. It was That's great. ridiculous with him being there. Yeah. And plus, you know, the first tee, you're up there right out of the clubhouse and the pro shop and everybody gathers and it's an elevated tee in the first, you know, uh, hole at, uh, Riviera, everybody birdies. It's not a di- and everybody plays the same length because you know they can't back it up any further. The tees you play are the same ones that the pros play, and uh, Tiger, you know, starts out with a birdie, which everybody does. But there's some sneaky great holes there, and uh, that's one of those where it looks pretty, and <laughs> it also looks pretty hard. Uh, let's see, Daniel in Texas. Hi, Dan. What's on your mind today? Good morning, DP. 6'2", 195, and built like an Oreo cookie. Ooh, all right. Thank you very much. Okay. Hard on the outside, soft in the middle. Okay. There we go. All right. I've got a, a sports bar nearby that's got a damn Patrick Melt 
And I know that in the past there are certain foods you do and do not eat, so I wanted to run it past you and see if you would eat this. And also I had a mm. Black History Month moment if you were interested. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so the Dan Patrick Melt is six ounce patty start on Texas toast with grilled onions, mushrooms, mayo, melted Swiss cheese, no, and no, 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 no. Uh, I I think it's the wrong Dan Patrick. I think maybe you, you're talking about the <laughs> lieutenant governor in Texas, there, Dan. Well, no, this one's named Dam, as in D A M N. Yeah, but I I don't uh, no onions and no mayo. So now that those are non starters there. I figured so. I figured so. Well, if you're interested in the Black History Moment, you guys were discussing why is February Black History Month, being it's the shortest month. And it actually comes from the original celebration of Negro Week, which include the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, uh, a very famous abolitionist. All right. Well, thank you, Daniel. A little history there, Marv. I knew that. You did not. I did. It's Google a name uh, a guy by the name of Carter G. Woodson came up with Black History Week. Okay. And then they turned it, hey, give them a whole month. <laughs> they look, a year, relax. Wait, wait, let's relax. not get crazy. Let's not get relax. crazy. A month? Yeah. Go, go to school. Hey, February 14th. Oh, all right. Martin Luther King, we come back from February break. It's March 1st. Uh, you can put those books away. All right, so Christopher Columbus, he didn't do anything wrong. Go ahead. Ken in Utah. Hi, Ken. What's on your mind? Good morning, BP. Good morning. Take my call. Sure, sure. 510150. First time, long time. Really love the show. Really appreciate what you guys do. I travel the Intermountain West as my sales area. Love listening to you guys while I'm on the road. Thank you, Ken. Good way to start the day. Uh, yesterday, I drove through Salt Lake City. Stopped at a uh, B-dubs to have a little bit of lunch, and the All-Star Games getting cranked up in Salt Lake City. And oh, oh, we're running out of time. Going to have to get back on my hold. Bad. My bad. Final hour coming up. One more item, we close out hour two. Big day yesterday. Got my golf clubs from PXG. Finally got them. Now I'm ready to take down this simulator. And then maybe hit the uh, hit the road and play a little bit of golf this weekend in Florida. If you're like me, you love the equipment, you want to count on it, that's why I stepped up to PXG. From a golf club research and development process that isn't constrained by budgets or timelines, they spend whatever it takes to create better. To hundreds and hundreds of patented technologies that deliver un- Unrivaled performance and an unmistakable feel. Highest quality, most durable, most innovative materials available. Every club is custom built to my personal specs. PXG knows how to deliver the world's finest golf clubs. Plain and simple. And they only sell direct. So shop or schedule fitting at pxg.com or 844p or 844playpxg or a PXG store near you. Nobody makes golf clubs the way they do, period. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Owning a Mercedes-Benz EV isn't just extraordinary, it's extra easy. With full remote access to your vehicle from your phone via the Mercedes Me Connect app, the vehicles are all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. The choice is all yours. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQ. 
With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 